0: Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. Sadly, this is the season finale of the Lock In Podcast, the end of season two. Some will be relieved to hear, but we should be going out with a bang. I did want to have some fireworks explosions lined up, but sadly our budget didn't run to it, so all well, I've got is some sparklers, and I think they might be a bit damp. So uh, I thought we were getting described as sparklers. Then. Uh, you aren't described as sparklers. Uh well, the ones you use on ale to make them like, get a mm-hmm. bit ahead? I mm-hmm. oh, could have gone that would have been cheaper. Yeah. That, that would have been
1: quite funny for you, actually. It would have been funny
0: <laughs> if I thought about that, but... Uh, How did he say getting ahead uh, in heaven, the podcast? That'd be right. right, wouldn't it? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Sometimes you to cut out. Brilliant, thank you guys. Uh, I haven't even introduced you yet, and you're being obnoxious, so uh, amazing. I, I am the editor of the Morning Advertiser, Ed Bellington. With me, as ever, are my trusty co-hosts, my vaguely competent sidekicks, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. Heath is an award-winning pub operator, a man who's won awards left to right and centre, and still the undefeated pub personality of the year for the past
1: three years. <laughs> like we're not a business <laughs> Well, we'll
0: ignore the fact that most of those are over the pandemic and the award's <laughs> stopped running three years ago, uh, oh, you're still top Heath. Technically, you are the reigning uh, popper out here. I mean, who were you up against that title? I think Theresa May, was it? she? Uh, no, it was uh, Boris Johnson, Yeah. Was she? Uh, Adolf Hitler.
1: Yeah, everybody yeah. you know, basically. Um, uh, 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 yeah, a few people. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Excellent.
0: Nice. Uh, James works with Heath. <laughs> and has yet to win a personality <laughs> award. Has yet to get a personality <laughs> you are trying, oh, you're a, we're you're trying a, to get one for him. You're a winner in my eyes, James. And Thanks I'm sure see. your mum loves you. Thanks maybe. Exactly. You mean everything to me. He's adopted. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm sure his mum still loves you. Oh, know, no, that's a good point. No. Your mum didn't love she you. Get, <laughs> the <laughs> 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 Could go down a very dark, yeah, okay. dark so uh, road. Right, so
2: so so I'll try and talk to the tears. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> a very personal a soul for that, James. Yeah.
0: That's true, that is true. Gents, welcome. Um, We've got a great episode lined up for you in which, as we're going to be off air for a few months, we thought we'd look ahead. Give you something to hold on to until we return. Uh, I'm sure you're all looking forward to it already Heath is certainly uh, to help us do that we've got a range of excellent guests we've got the fantastic Kate Nichols of UK Hospitality and Steve Alton of the BII to give us their take on what we need to be thinking about we'll be hearing from the recently crowned licensees of the year Nick and Amanda Hemmings of the Heron Inn about what makes them a winner and how they're adapting their business in the face of current challenges and we'll be speaking to a couple of different equally award winning operators Chris and Jason Black of Cornish and David Hay of the right. secret pub company about how they're handling the financial Shh. squeeze. It's a secret.
1: Shh. It's a secret. It's a secret.
0: I've outed it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> on top of all that, we'll be hearing from a new entrant to the pub sector, Dave Strauss, on why he's mad enough to take on a pub right now. And he did line up that guest, so I make no uh, promises on that one. Don't need to. He's the postman. He always delivers. This is true. He'll be here. Okay. Excellent, excellent. But before all that, let's let's talk about what's uh, what's been happening. Um, I think the the big thing is the VAT.
1: So, what do we get? Potential. Getting? What's the potential we're getting? So nothing. Potential. Yet. <laughs> nothing yet. No. But they're potentially talking, what, 17 and a half or 12 and a half? Uh, I believe 17 and a half was, uh, time. I mean, was the last thing I read.
0: But uh, yeah. whether that's changed. I know now. they're all trying
1: to push for 12 and a half, aren't they? But well, we can
0: talk to Kate they, about it. They uh, could have
1: just left it, like Ireland did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of bouncing us around and, and like, affecting our business even more, just left it and let us get through. They, you know, they, I love that they cleared the pandemic's over and all that. Let's get on with our lives. Just, they haven't given us time to recover. Mm. So I, I think, you know...
0: And the only I mean, 17.5% is, is back to where it was before they randomly upped it to 20%. Anyway. Exactly.
1: So uh, there's no favours. It's just, I don't know.
2: Well, I do it know. doesn't go anywhere close. When you look at the average cost rise, you know, supplier cost
0: rise, 2.5% is... It's, it's not, it's, oh, it's nothing. nothing. No, it's, it's not We're going
1: to put a dent in some of those... Uh, We've got business rates increases. going back up next year. You know well. what I mean? We're going to come out of this and then we're going to hit that and then we're going to hit that. And then, like, you know, how many pubs we lost this year? We'll t- I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But well, actually, we're I mean, we, be...
0: we, can, we can say it was, uh, what was it, 7,000 uh, 7, in the last decade we've lost. And a lot of that was accelerated over the. It's uh, just going to get worse. We're what just going to get can't? more. Yeah, well, would, oh, it's going to be. Well, it's a nice, cheery note. Everybody, to me, everybody, uh, loves, everybody, everybody the always
1: on. likes so. to think they love pubs. Mm. They don't. They, you know, they like going to the pub, but they don't really give a fuck. It's true though. The pub goes out of business. Oh well, it's a bit shit anyway. Do you know one. what I mean? Yeah, it'll be all right. I think p- that
0: isn't that. That's part of the, the 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 thing we've had is that people just expect another one to take its place, yeah. or, or there's another pub to go. to Somebody else will Whereas do that. we're going to get to a point where actually we're going to lose critical mass You know, there won't be another pub. Yeah. I mean, there's already places on there? there. Must be villages and towns where no, there's no, no. pubs no. now. It'll just be
1: open ends. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere you go just Oakman Inns it'll, like, it'll be like that. what's that movie Demolition Man where yeah. there's only a few restaurants left yeah. in the future and it's like Taco Bell after the franchise wars it'll just be like Green King, yeah. Oakman Inns Punch Enterprise and everywhere will go remember we had good independent pubs oh, well, the 40- that's a little
0: bit unfair on Oakman because they're independent and they're good no. pubs <clears throat> no, I'm more to
2: the reference. They're the only ones that seem, despite everything, to, to, be, to be doing very well for themselves. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then not about it.
1: This
0: is true. This is true. I
1: don't know. I think we're going to end up like I've said this before. It's going to be like the future. I can see it now. Tourists coming into a bar in the West End, taking a photo with a beer, putting the beer down, untouched, and leaving. We're going to be museum pieces. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I you know it's 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 a tragedy. Is that because you're you, sat at the bar next? <laughs> That's a tragedy because you've got a great pub culture in this country. I say you because I come from another country. Australia come no. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um and it's an amazing culture, but we're just gonna destroy it and lose it. Look at here It's a nice Monday afternoon in this pub, there's a gentleman over there reading the paper, there's a group of three over you know I mean there's people actually enjoying the pub. Why are you whispering. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but we're gonna lose we're gonna lose that. We're gonna lose that you know, it doesn't have to be I think what the government thinks that we're a bunch of you know, raucous idiots. Getting pissed every night, and it's not, you know, it's as we've seen millions of people have said, you know, it's a great place to meet your mm. neighbours and everybody. And mm. I don't think there's well, a, it's don't a social
0: glue, isn't there, that kind yeah. of holds uh, the fabric of
1: society together. And you I know, think. and they talk about mental health, and they talk about that. You know, I think they you don't have to go to the pub and have alcohol, you can go to the pub just to your mate's and have a soft drink. And I think the government really are missing a trick, and they they should be supporting us, and they should be making it, you know, we should be the pride of Britain, not, you know, not the scourge as the government like to think we are.
0: Absolutely, I'm Heath, the Prime Minister. Again, the front, yeah. I mean, oh, on the helping front, they're talking about a potential eat-out to help out Mark.
1: Oh, I don't too. want to do that again, mate. No way. I'll tell you why I don't want to do it. You just said you, want, you wanted no. help. No, I don't, because they ordered me on that, and I spent about two weeks in the office printing every receipt. off. you look dodgy. You can't... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> But no, they, I, I, I didn't How audit. did that audit go? Oh, yeah, I, I, fine. Yeah. But I had to print off every bill, every transaction. I had to do table plans where everybody sat. I had to do how long the average booking was. I had to do the name. Man, it was, it was a ridiculous amount of information. I said, I'll just give you the money back because <laughs> I, I don't have time for this. I spent hours in the office. It, I, honestly, I think the whole, the whole audit took about a month to put back together, and then it took six weeks for as a result. But, so I'd rather, I don't want to do the out-to-out belt scheme. And then you also just get loads of people who have just suddenly become really ultra-cheap. Oh, I was you know. going to say, what
2: we saw, a lot of people that, that wouldn't normally come have come, they trade down. Then, yeah. then there's a price comparison what it used to be, and And I'm not sure it does us yeah. any harm. Just get off the rating. A
3: plan. Rates
1: and VAT. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do a, us a I favor. think in
2: some ways that's where... I don't think, if you look at if, if we were in France and the pubs got together, they'd make a material difference. They would end up just closing, not paying bills, whatever they had to do to get heard. And the same, and we're not that. Yeah, you know, we're too soft. Too soft, and different people find No one wants courses. to rock the boat.
0: Yeah, well, isn't that part? I mean, we're. That's part of the charm of um, the character of this industry, though, isn't it? We're not well, militant. We're we're not mili- well, apart from you, we're not militant.
1: Um, Kind of aggressive. We we'll are not getting anything done. Well, no, no. That's my argument. Really mate, good. like the business rates is just is a travesty, and they, they VOA does whatever they bloody want, and we sit there and go, well, hold on, not really, no. And you're trying to explain yourself, and they don't care. Mm. Remember at the windlock, and I was down there with the guy around from VOA. I had no floor, no cellar, no beer engines, nothing. And he says, "No, nah, still got to pay your rates, mate." yeah I I think like, you have to wait it's close it? uh, yeah, you, still you get three months you get a three month break right. but come on give me a break man like they you know what I mean they do what they want this government does whatever they want they write they change taxes and they can do whatever they believe they have office parties they do whatever they bloody want and we sit there and go okay yeah okay well yeah okay we'll just get on with it then we, we, we're quite we, we're quite inventive we'll just get round it and we'll do that and we'll hustle and we'll, we'll adapt and all that how about fuck no mm. how about no more like no. no, if we all got together and collectively we said, we're not doing this anymore, we don't agree with the policy, what are you going to do about it? We're not paying our rates. We're all, yeah. not, paying. Right. We're all that, not paying our that, rates. There's a project for the
0: summer while we're off air, if You can uh, lead no, a re- revolution. Sure. I
1: did this at one of the MA500 conferences. Mm. And everybody went, oh, that's a bit strong. And I went, well, that was then. I think yeah, yeah. man, if we collectively said we're not paying business rates, were well, they going to send bailiffs to every pub in the country? They'll try, and then what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be in the press, it's going to get highlighted how hard it is, how unfair it is. Because everybody thinks they walk into the a pub and they walk into the British pub and they go, oh god, it's really busy here. This guy must be making loads of money. You're walking in on a Saturday night at eight o'clock. Oh, come on a Monday afternoon.
0: 37% gone to uh, the training section 37% of pubs Make are, profit. aren't making a profit. profit. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
2: But we can't decide what to fight for, you know. We Got the guys looking to raise the money for you know for the um, recruitment. You know Mark McCulloch's team doing that stuff. But you know, individually, what are we actually? What is the biggest priority? And that's financial survival. And rating would be
1: the biggest. Because in, in the old days, in the old days... the old Closely days.
0: followed by staff, because you've got yeah. staff you can't trade. Yeah, well, in the old you're days, it was all about... Violence.
1: Pubs used to make great money, and there was always a great thing. The world's changed, mm-hmm. and the government still looks at us like we're in the 80s making bundles of cash and we're all driving Bentleys. It, the world's changed. Pubs are very different models than what they were back then. How was your holiday, by the way? Oh, shocking. <laughs> I, I've, just, I've just finished writing my letter to the French tourism board about the food in Bergerac. It, 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 people used to say food in the UK was terrible. Go look at France, man. They've got great produce, and they treat food like shit. <laughs> but this is, what, your eighth holiday so far this this it, year? It, so far? Ed, I'm under That's immense it. stress.
0: <laughs> I need to get out of the country. It's all so hard. It's all so hard. I've got to go on the holiday.
1: Um, it was your birthday, of course. It was. Happy, yeah. happy, happy birthday. It, was, it wasn't really. My, my wife didn't even get me a birthday card. Um, oh, she didn't you, even get my children to make me a me birthday one. card. No, yeah. I got nothing. I got told nothing because I'm too fussy and I wouldn't get the right thing anyway, yada, 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 nothing. Didn't even get wished happy birthday until I said, you know, it's my birthday today. But, oh, yeah, happy birthday nothing nothing I mean, no nookie yeah. nothing nothing, <laughs> nothing. Probably more information we needed on that mate seriously it's really, really warming mean, warm. and I, talked, is, I took the whole family to France yeah. paid for a brother to come over which is sort of like to help deal with her dilute it I yeah dilute the, dilute, the, dilute the issues um, and all it did was rain so it wasn't really a holiday yet happy it was good. like being in prison and you, the mm-hmm. and you crashed a car and you crashed a car borrowed my mate's car, car. borrowed my mate's car and stayed at my mate's house borrowed his car wrecked his car probably did some damage to the house you know. Yeah, it's alright yeah. well you're only 51 so oh, mate I'm not 50 I
2: feel 100 I feel 100 <laughs> you just look it it's been amazing so an out- the outpouring of love for your birthday was
1: extraordinary didn't
2: you do something with cards didn't you
1: send yourself cards Well, oh, I did so I got so upset <laughs> that my wife did it by me cards and I had a couple of glasses of wine. So I went on Moon Pig and just ordered loads of cards from ex-girlfriends wishing me uh, happy birthday. I, I saw the, the suggestion of it. I didn't realise you actually did it. I did it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. It's gone down really well around the house. Uh, I bet it has. I just left them around the house. <laughs> she went a bit nuts. What's this one? Why's, why, why's, why is she sending you a card? I said, oh, I don't know, it's my birthday. She's not... Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. And then... She didn't figure she, out that it was just I took, you.
1: After she or six cards around the house... She she started realising it was me Because I used the same font I should have changed the font inside the car
0: And you signed them all Heath
1: No, 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 <laughs> no I went through Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cutting Well, was, I mean Did one
2: of them say The first guy that ever No, no,
0: no No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not just editing I'm not doing scale. any more editing on this <laughs> Yeah, keep James. your noise Let's, down uh, James. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's not do yeah, that gee, one the um, seats. <laughs> I think On that note I think we'll part that one there Beautiful You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're doing a little bit of future gazing as we're going to be off air for a while. To help us look ahead and talk about what's going on now, I'm delighted to welcome Steve Alton of the BII and Kate Nichols of UK Hospitality. Or is it Dame Kate now? You've, uh, you've, you're have now uh, royalty, aren't you? I think we should be curtsying or something. No, no. Oh, okay. Just
4: tug your full lock, your cap. Um, and buy me a drink when you next see me. Oh, I don't know if we can stretch for that.
0: Never known he bought a (laughs) drink. Cheers for that, James. Right. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, guys. So, I mean, let's just discuss a few things um, that look like they're in the pipeline at the moment. We've we've been talking about uh, potential tax relief with VAT and possibly a new discount scheme, which Heath was excited about earlier when we were talking about it. I mean, what's the situation, Kate? Maybe do you want to sort of uh, pick up with that? one
4: yeah well i mean clearly we are in the middle of uh, probably the worst set of economic circumstances that, that i can remember which is not terribly cheery uh but we are facing into that real perfect storm for the pub sector in particular um and you've got government in the middle trying to work out what to do in terms of next steps to make things better not make matters worse and try and guide and navigate the whole economy through and i think the difference that we've got between what happened during covid where there was hospitality specific issues that could be looked at here you've got issues that are affecting the whole economy um, and that's where you've got challenges from government so i think looking towards the autumn budget and i'm not seeing any signs that the government is going to act ahead of that to be able able to look at what measures are needed from a business perspective. The Chancellor very much maintaining the focus around reform of business taxation um, to help businesses through uh, a focus on consumers when it comes to disposable income, money in pockets, putting more money there directly, both in terms of uh, pay packets, which is happening this week, uh, but also uh, direct on energy bills, presumably again in September, October when the second phase of increases hit. So focus on consumers for energy and disposable income for business taxes, it is looking at how can you incentivize investment in people, capital and ideas in order to drive growth and get the economy through this by means of growing. And so really, I think, you know, cold comfort for a lot of the operators who might be looking at this, hoping for big packages. I think the, the era of big packages is, is gone, but there will be changes that will help us to be able to, to come through and, and get that o- shot of oxygen we need keep the businesses
2: uh, going through through what will undoubtedly be a turbulent six to 12 months J- yeah, okay you, you um you obviously get uh, um the opportunity to sort of see behind the curtain as such with the the inner workings of government what have you your contacts do you are we screwed with this government or do you think there's if you did a sentiment survey do you think there's still love for the industry it doesn't feel like it um are we looking do we need wholesale change in government or have we got some hope revolution this government will get it
4: i i i think we've got a lot of love for the industry within parliament and within the government um you know we are coming out into this crisis with three ministers in three different departments all tasked with looking at hospitality three recovery strategies and sector councils to look at co-creating solutions which means three times the pressure on number 10 and number 11 Um, And, you know, the the silver lining of Covid is that they realise and understand how important our sector is to the economy and to employment. And basically, you don't get an economic recovery unless we are firing on all cylinders. Um, Add to that that you've got this cadre of really supportive backbench MPs across all parties. It's about 300 at last count, which is half the parliament. Um, really supportive, signed up to hospitality, uh, APPGs, which is all party groups, um, beer and pubs, the hospitality and tourism, uh, food, drink and events, live music and events. You've got, as I say, 300 who will be actively involved in supporting any of our campaigns at any particular time. So I think for all of them, it's about how can we, working together, and Steve and I have worked incredibly closely over the last six months, to be able to look at some of the workable solutions that the government might be able to take forward in what are really tough circumstances for the Treasury. Basically, they have no money. Um, how can we come up with workable solutions that will make a material difference to businesses and get that driven forward? So I'm optimistic, and I'm not an optimist by nature. My glass is usually half empty. But I am optimistic that that groundswell of support and goodwill towards the industry, although it might not appear to be in play, behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz is very much a, a pub person.
0: Steve, I mean, do you, do you share that, uh, that, that optimistic view?
5: I, I do in a sense, you know, myself and Kate spent, I don't know how, how many hours together, Kate, on, on calls and meetings into government, uh, and we were nothing but consistent, you know, we, we wanted to work with them, we, we were really clear up, this is about enabling trading, it's about enabling investment, and it was definitely a stake in, you know, something different about our sector, you know, there is a real care, the, the care comes from, we employ a hell of a lot of people, you know, we create huge career opportunities from entry level all the way through, you know, with development as well, the economic fact, you know, um, contribution we talked about so many times, that forty billion plus. You know, we're a we're a huge sector. But but the really important element is the social equity value that, that you know it says what we drive locally, how we create you know, those those safe accessible spaces, you know, people came back to it. our first stage of recovery, if you remember, was pretty positive. You know, we you know, we when we could get open, did incredibly well. The issue we have now is we have these exceptional You know, headwinds in terms of costs. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. So we knew we're going to have to probably overtrade 2019, but now we're going to have to overtrade it, you know, 20 to 30 percent, really, just to stand still. And that's gargantuan for some of these these operators who have done, you know, a really good job coming out and repurposing, diversifying the businesses, outsized space, and all the rest of it. But to answer your question, and and probably the question posed to, to Kate. There is a lot of, uh, I think, understanding of the importance of our sector. What we did, I think, very well through the pandemic is galvanise the backbenchers and the grassroots MPs to support hospitality and i would say this wouldn't i but pubs particularly and and really get them fired up but get them fired up about one or two things that they can really put themselves behind and that's the challenge for myself and kate now where there's there's so many voices trying to ask for so many elements of support we've got to be really you know i think you've used the word so many times kate but you know late laser like in our ask you know, we need training support as simple as that we, and we've got to get these guys you know trading to their full capacity again L- labor is a huge issue you know a lot of our pubs you know one in three are closed one day or more a week you know and, and just under half are, are you know re- reducing their hours uh, or, or their offer to consumers which is just you know horrific at a time where we've you know this is the time we should be trading out so I- i'm hopeful they're listening uh, because we're talking to them literally every week and we're feeding this in and the hospitality sector council and the hospitality strategy the first one ever published it's it's coming up for a year now so now is the time where we've done a hell of a work behind the scenes a lot of the industry leaders have been working in in working groups putting some really tangible proposals on the table and now they need to deliver and i think myself and kate particularly have been really consistent into secretary of state and the ministers to say now's the time you know we don't get a second chance and you saw you know some headlines like last couple of days about you know pub closures and and small hospitality business closures as well yeah uh, and we are genuinely heading towards a really difficult period in the autumn once once the summer trading has been counted uh, I, I fear without change a lot of people will say this is too hard mm-hmm. and decide to walk away which will be an absolute shame for not just them as small businesses but the communities in which they serve as well Sorry. so yeah I, was,
2: so, I mean it's great to hear we've got the support there um and people are signing things, but obviously that doesn't pay bills. Um, we're going to need to see action on that, on recruitment, and we're going to see action on the uh, the rating system. Um, in terms of picking your fights, guys, and we look, we look forward, you know, 12 months, which of those three things do you think, feel confident that you'll have an impact on?
4: Well, <laughs> Okay. I'd like to feel confident we have an impact on all three of those because those are top of the agenda and they know that they are key to our ask. Now, whether the VAT is a hospitality-specific one or whether that is headline rate, uh, looking at boosting consumer spending generally across the board remains to be seen, but we know that all three of those are in the mix, um, and we're pushing hard for solutions on all three of those. I think what we need, as Steve said previously, is... Everybody in the sector to get behind that clear set of asks, Mm. Um, Mm. avoid the temptation of going off script and asking for a whole load of others. And also the summer is coming up in two weeks time. These MPs are going to be coming back to their constituencies more desperate than ever to get away from Westminster and the, the challenges that they face there more desperate than ever to talk to local businesses. We need local businesses to be contacting their local MPs, inviting them into the pubs, making sure that they can understand the economic impact and pain that is being felt, making sure that they understand how we're fighting with one hand tied behind our back because of the recruitment challenges that we can't solve on our own and putting forward these uh, small number of key strategic asks that would give our sector a shot in the arm. Okay,
2: I think that's brilliant. But because it I think
4: have everybody playing their part and doing that. It needs to have the whole sector behind it.
2: I think you, you're never at a better time now to ask the sector to work as a whole. And probably if we were in France, we'd have closed the doors and not paid any bills and, you know, been bloody belligerent about it. a few it. sheep. Um, but... Uh, No, I think it's it's great, and I think that laser-like approach is brilliant. But um, what's the ask? Uh, How do do you see that? Because, you know, do we just all as an industry say, well, we're not going to pay our rates until it gets sorted out? Because clearly we all know it's terribly unfair. Um, But I think you're in a really good situation now where everyone's waiting and gazing, what do you want us to do? Because I think we all share the same thing, that they are the three things that we must stick and I completely agree we mustn't get sidetracked with I guess yeah. things like beer duty and what have you but it's like what do you want to do? Give us you know give give us a message and we'll we'll go and we'll Run go and badger around. everyone. I think, I think the, we're all the on the same message, team.
4: The main message today is give us a little patience. Sorry to hate, sound like take that, but give a little patience. We're working through that pace to be able to identify where we think we're going to have most traction so that we can push everybody's energy and focus in the right ask around those three areas. We're working through those solutions as we speak, and then we will come out to you with a a comprehensive set of asks. Um, And it will be short, medium and long. Uh, And there's the immediate that we need to have in terms of the autumn budget. Uh, And, you know, that is around uh, the business rates, bills and reliefs For April 2023. That is around reform of the apprenticeship levy so we can boost investment in people. That is about uh, capital allowances to be able to to give those businesses a shot in the arm when they are investing and encourage and incentivize investment. We've got the super deductor coming to an end. But also, alongside that, outside of the budget, It's about a real labour market strategy that encompasses a realistic and pragmatic ask around immigration to make sure that we've got access to the labour we need to keep the economy firing on all cylinders while we go through this intense squeeze on labour. So bear with us. We'll come out. We'll do exactly what we did before. Here's the letter. Here's what you send. But in the meantime get on inviting those mps and explain to them the challenges that you've got get them into your pubs over the summer
5: okay. and then the challenge is clear you know cash flow right now and planning is critical you know we're looking at as kate said from the first of april 2023 we're going back to a full business rate you know business rates regime that's massive for somebody's business and that could be the tipping point mm-hmm. for them to actually decide to fail so so there's i think there's there's two or three elements to this one is as kate said we need the trade. We need the trade support, and that's making sure consumers continue to spend. We've got a job to do. We're going to make sure the experience is where it needs to be. I'm sure we'll come back to that. But in terms of the cost of doing business, business rates is, is the single biggest cost these guys incur, and they need that clarity. We've all consulted. You know, we've aligned. We've gone in, and things like rebalancing that rates with the online sales tax. But as we know, these things inevitably take you know a while to come through. And we're really concerned in the short term, at the moment, there's only about, I think, just over 25% of our pub members and hospitality members are investing. You know, they're holding back. So they want that clarity. So, you know, we're making that case as always. This is about investment. It's not another handout. This is about you give us the clarity, give us the support. We can trade this out. And and you know our apples have shown huge resilience. I mean, massive resilience to well, kind of we're sticking awesome. in.
0: We're fabulous tax collectors too. I think, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, what well, my, yeah. my, my I'm conscious of time, guys. I, I wrap up in a second. I mean, one one thing that did jump out me, Kate. Though, that we've got three people or three ministers focused on the sector, not one dedicated one. Do we run the risk? Because we've been in this situation in the past with various things. Are we likely to fall through the cracks between that because you've got three different people? There's not one person focused. They can bounce things around. Is that is that a, to me, me? I'm wondering if that's a disadvantage.
4: lobbying the chancellor and the prime minister over one focused person any day of the week. You okay. need three departments. It's a far better setup. Uh, and rest assured, in all of those sector councils, Steve and I are represented on the hospitality sector council. I'm on the tourism council. I'm also on the food and drinks sector council there is no way that i would let anything fall through the gap but three ministers three really good strong ministers arguing on our behalf as they are doing at the moment working together in in tandem to put pressure on the home office on immigration to put pressure on dwp to put pressure on the cabinet office number 10 and number 11 works better three is better than one and it's a it's a reflection of the size scale and importance of the sector
0: brilliant okay and one last question to both of you um i mean what how do you see things sort of what would be the best bit of advice that you can offer to operators to get through the next six months or so obviously because we're off air and uh, they won't have (laughs) us so
5: well, I mean, look, you've already heard from, from really good operators kind of earlier on. The key is, is sharing and collaborating, and there's, there's some brilliant ideas out there, and, and it's not all about cost and huge investment, but it is about, you know, customer experience, about delivering something that that really is... Uh, exceptional, And if that's, uh, you know, through a pint of beer or through a food experience or through something wider, that's what's going to you know keep, keep people coming in, particularly when times are hard for consumers. You know, pubs are very accessible places. This is this is not a high end experience. It, it is somewhere that should be welcoming. But equally, you know, that smile and that, that greeting. And you've, you've heard bits and pieces, I think, over the last few weeks about maybe that's been lacking where the staff numbers have been down or the rest of it. We've got to make sure we nail that. And, and it doesn't matter whatever you do, just do it exceptionally well. If that's a pint and a pie, that's great. It doesn't have to be high-end gourmet, but, but now I think, you know, we, we talk about the death of mediocrity, that's where we are. I think if, if we do things and it's all right, it's not going to be good enough for no, consumers. No, absolutely. And Kate, what, what would your, uh, your advice be?
4: Well, I think it's about realistic optimism or realistic pragmatism. Whenever we experience an an economic downturn or a tough set of economic circumstances and consumer spending is hit, we know that the pub comes through that better than most. People trade down, but they don't trade out. Um, And therefore, it's about giving people the best possible experience when they come. A vending machine or a supermarket shelf can give you a product only a pub can give you that experience and it's about making sure as Steve says that experience is right that you touch people's everyday lives and and give them a bit of a hug Um, and they will want to get through this and they'll want something that's nice in their everyday to get through that and let's make sure that the pub is where they go to
0: fantastic uh, I was going to make a joke about he touches customers but I won't I shall leave that one
2: there see, that was a really good I really enjoyed that and, and, I, and, and I completely ruined it at that. the end you, you ruined it you, know, you ruined it again uh, yeah.
0: thank you guys It was great it was brilliant thank you very much folks we shall uh, hopefully see you some point in the next season thank, thank you,
4: thank you. Cheers, guys. bye
0: You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball, and James Cuthbertson. We're taking a look forward to some of the challenges facing the sector over the coming months. I'm delighted to welcome some award-winning operators to discuss the challenges around finances and costs. We've got Jason and Chris Mack from Cornishins joining us, along with David Hage of The Secret Pub Company as well. So welcome, guys. Hi, thanks. Thank sir. Thanks for having us on. No, it's good. Good that you can join us. Um, I mean, let, let's just sort of ta- start talking about you know what you guys have been doing at the moment to um, to manage those uh, inflationary pressures and those escalating costs. Um, David, do you want to do you want to kick us off on that?
6: Yeah, sure. I mean, we we started looking at this some months ago. Now, I think probably before it was more prevalent in, um, in the wider community in our industry. Uh, and I think probably, the, you know, two of the biggest things is really right now is, is not to panic and not sort of get washed up with the state of panic that seems to be, you know, rushing through the, the industry. And to try and remain as positive as we possibly can for, for our teams and also our customers, there's nothing worse than, you know, a landlord sitting at the bar moaning about his gas prices and his heating bills, you know. Um, Absolutely. So, it's um, funny, when you said
0: positive, both James and I looked at Heath at the same moment. That was, um, that was a telling moment. I'm a realist. <laughs> You're a a miserable bastard, I think
6: that's Yeah, maybe I'm in a different world, but I think it's important. I think it's also, you've got to to have the buy-in from your teams. You know, you're not a one-man operator, one-woman operator doing it all on your own. Mm. Um, You know, however many teams you've got, you know, whether you're a pub with three or four employees, you're a multiple operator with three or four hundred. These guys are turning on your switches, they're turning off your, your, your gas and your power lasting at night. They've got to be doing it with you. And they've got to know the reasons why you're doing it and understand the costs mm-hmm. and how it
0: can impact, you know, their lives and our lives as well. Mm. Uh, Chris, Jason, what what are you? How are you guys uh, finding things at the moment? I think yeah, you know, very
7: very similar. Uh, we just had a meeting today with our kind of management team just to sort of talk about about the rising costs and, and what we're doing as a business to kind and of get through it and. and what we can do to save money where we can and i guess energy to a certain degree we can turn things off and and only use things when we need them but you know as a pub we're kind of open all day every day and everything's on all day every day so uh, for us we we try to look at uh, food costs and and what we can do that way to kind of save some money and and what what exactly are you doing that what are the steps you've taken on that so we're just reviewing menus, um, reviewing our suppliers, getting meetings with our suppliers, um, just so that we can, uh, you know, look at things that are costing us a lot more. They need to be on the menu. Are they big sellers? Um, and, and kind of changing things around to kind of increase some in GP, really.
0: I mean heath james i mean what, what are you what are you guys doing what are you what approach i
7: 've been taking?
1: hunting down like big key items before I just buy off my dry goods for like certain things and i 've just been hunting down and going getting bulk like bulk we do a lot of rice flour for one of our dishes mm. so i 've actually sourced that all the way back instead of paying six quid something' for one point five kilos' I'm paying one seventy nine a kilo now, mm-hmm. so but that's you know I'm mean, just sourcing it right back and trying to remove any middlemen and going right to we, use, we have to get a lot of Korean stuff because some of the dishes so go straight to the Korean wholesaler now that distributes to the people I would use mm. I like buy in bulk, right? Do you know what I mean? And, and sharing amongst the sites on yeah, me as well, moving it around all the right. sites. So just bulk, just trying to strip out any middlemen and going right back to the source is what I've been trying to do. I, I mean, think, I think it's important to say that there's still.
2: You know, we got two oil suppliers. There's still competition in the market to win your business. Yeah. Mm. It's not like you just throw your hands up and think, "Oh, we're all screwed," and the prices just do their thing. There's yeah. still, you know, Olico will offer, you know, play off another supplier and stuff like that. So I still think there's room to play yeah. suppliers off and, and shop around. Mm. You know? Although loyalty is a different thing. When you talk to some of the suppliers, like your fish and your meat,
0: I think there is still benefit in being loyal to the suppliers that you've always used. I was going to say, you've got those relationships. You, you, yeah. you, you potentially put those at risk, don't you? Well, especially
1: like? during lockdown, where we yeah. I had a lot of suppliers like who I really leaned on because we were doing so much takeaway. Mm. And they, they were there, and they got it, and they worked with us. And I just don't want to go and turn my back on them mm. and go, well, I found it cheaper down the road. But there were certain was, things like cooking off, for example, there's no relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. there as you're buying pure commodity, commodity yeah. exactly
2: yeah. that yeah
0: yeah. so screw those guys over it's fine definitely yeah. 100% <laughs> <that's> fine. <laughs> uh, David I mean what what do you, you find what are you focusing on
6: I mean energy is a massive one for us we've got we've got three pubs they're all pretty much exactly the same in terms of what the turnover and staff and everything so it's you know it's interesting to uh, you can compare and contrast but when, when all three pubs were hit with the gas supply going pop um in November December so we got you know, straight on to that to try and react. But we're looking at, you know, 20 to 25 grand increase gas and electricity costs actually to each of those pubs. At 75K, we've got a fine from somewhere. Mm. And, you know, we know what it's like. The margins were tight before or after we went from March into April when all the VAT and business rates and everything else started kicking back in and and minimum wage and NI uh, increases. So the margins were tight anyway. And and so although I have got, you know, renewed um, optimism and confidence... it it, it is tough you you know to try and mitigate those energy costs that are increasing and yes you've got to increase your food costs to mitigate the food rising food sorry your retail pricing for your food costs and also your retail price a few drinks but you know we've got to add the the cost of energy back on unfortunately to our customers as well Um, so I mean there's a whole raft of things I'm sure everyone's doing but you know looking at um, you know PIR sensors and and, and thermostats but also just knowing your contracts what are you paying and are you monitoring it and have you got smart meters and are you sending off your data to your energy supplier every month so you get accurate bill reads and do the teams know what um, you know what you're paying again just buying from your teams again but yeah, unfortunately we're having to add those back on we've, we've done um increases on our wines twice this year um sorry our wines and soft drinks and spirits twice you know at the start of the year and just recently to try and just claw some of that extra energy cost back um we have seen you know all the stuff that we've been doing with new pir sensors changing led lights that weren't there already um uh, and, and a lot of other stuff, you know, um, turning off fridges last thing at night, not leaving them on, not turning back on until first thing in the morning, not having any lights until one minute to midday when the first customer walks mm-hmm. in. That's all those things, happen. you you do see quite a change. We saw, a, we saw a five hundred pound shift at one pub. From one month of not doing it to the next month of doing it. It's, right. uh, it, was, it was quite powerful. And then to feed that back onto the teams, it was actually what you're doing is making a bloody bit of difference.
0: Yes, yeah. And I mean, those price increases, what, what's been the reaction from customers? Because I mean, that's going to be the hard balance, isn't it? Of passing of yeah, some of these we've, on. We've, and...
6: we, we've picked our battles with it. So, you know, we've looked at the sales mixes and we're not going to go and put 50, 50 pence on a pint of. Um, fosters or beer moretti that you know um you're measured against in that local community when you get your habitual drinkers coming in and all of a sudden you put your beer prices up um and you know what it's like you know rumors rattle around the village that oh my god you know the so-and-so pubs put the price up 50p let's go down the road where it's a bit cheaper we just we try not to do that where we can and then we pick our battles with some of the other stuff that you tend not to see so much on your bill with a spirit or a mix or a You know, a bottle of wine where you can get get away with a couple of Ah. connections a bottle of wine. It tends not to get noticed without um,
8: trying Mm. to pull the wool over our loyal customers' (laughs) eyes.
0: Uh, And Chris, Jason, I mean, have you have you increased prices? What what have you been doing?
8: Yeah, we have we have had to. I think it's inevitable. But I also think the feedback from guests is kind of they understand most of them understand because it's a global issue and it's not just it was not just being greedy. We've, it's taken a long time. Like, David said, we picked our battles in terms of where, where we're going to put the price up. But I think, yeah, people have kind of understood and we've worked really hard with our suppliers to try and keep the price as fair as possible. But it's just, it's one of those things that you can't, you can run away from for so long, but eventually you're going to have to pass that on. Mm. Um, but generally, the, the, there hasn't been too much pushback on that. No, I, think,
7: I mean, we haven't, we haven't put, put price onto our onto beer because like, no. like david said that's the one that everyone picks up on yeah, yeah so things like you know we completely changed our wine list um so that every every single product on that list is now different so that that enabled us to to put price on without anybody noticing because yeah. they weren't coming in one day and having a new zealand Sauvignon a certain brand and then coming in the next day and we've added two quid onto it we've completely changed the range right so, yes uh, that, yeah. that allowed us um, – and, and what we did is we shipped all of that wine to one site to sell through, and then once it's gone, we'll move them onto the same range. But um, that
0: things like that have helped, I think. Yeah. I mean, that is one way to get those price increases through, isn't It's is change your product range, change what's on your menus, yeah. Yeah. change what's on the bar. Um, I mean, if you're, you've are you got a pub in Highgate, I mean, price sensitivity surely isn't an issue. The richer um, they
1: are, the tighter they are, You <laughs> what that, that, I mean. That's why they're rich. <laughs> They look at everything. They've got memory of like an elephant up there. Um, yeah, they just got it. Like those guys, you just change products and just bring different stuff on and so they don't remember. But, you know, it's hard. Like beer is hard. Mm. Beer sort of marks it on beer. But, yeah, it's like the guys are saying, it's perfect. That's what you do.
0: Are you? Have you put prices up generally, or are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah but uh,
1: I, I take a, I take a bite on some things because it's not worth the argument and stuff. But um, yeah, I've just, I've got more aggressive on it. I Just, mm. you know, there's no point. They all, if they love the pub, they want to support it. If they don't. And we got a business anyway. So, yeah. There are yeah. some things like your equivalent to Foster's,
2: for example, You know, would be your burger and chips or your fish and chips, where yeah. you do see price. All of a sudden, that can, that can, people can bite at that stuff, can't they? Yeah, but if
1: you go and look at it, fish and chips and you look at like Poppy's fish and chip shop, it's 18 quid takeaway mm. for fish and chips in a, ta- mm. in a, in a chip shop. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's takeaway. Mm. And you've, you're not getting the whole experience of good lighting, good staff, atmosphere. You know what I mean? So... I think the reality of cheap fish and chips are gone now. Mm. I think you know, Ruth just going to get around mm.
2: that. At least everyone knows it. It's no surprise to people that costs are rising. It's just
0: disappointing. It's whether they, 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 ex- it. It's whether they accept it, really, isn't it? That's, well, those are of the
2: choice. They still need to eat. It's
0: where they do
1: it. Yeah. yeah, I, mean, that's I the, think yeah, you're Yeah, I think people are going to be a bit more selective. Well, mm. we've seen that, aren't we? Mm. People are going to be a lot more selective where they spend their money now.
0: Yes. Think, yeah. A yeah. uh, conscience of time, guys. Um, one last question for 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 David and uh, Jason, Chris what would be your your main piece of advice for anyone to take away from this Um, maybe uh, uh, Chris and Jason if you could take that one first
7: I I think just yeah just look at what things are costing you Um, you know spend the time looking at your margins um, and seeing where you can get better you know is it waste is it energy you know what what effects can you
8: have just keep looking at it I think yeah being holistic looking at everything like we touched on before I think you can't just focus on one area because there's lots to go out in different parts of your business and hubs are particularly difficult because you're open all day and you've got doors open in terms of energy and waste and things like that That mm-hmm. you can there are things you can do and i think as david said uh, get the team involved it's not just a we dictate to to them what it's all part of the same you've got to work together on it and they might come up with something that you haven't thought of because you're trying to think of every single thing so yeah just a bit more of a holistic approach to it and yeah not panicking really Mm, mm, perfect and david uh, sorry
0: yeah
6: yeah i I echo all that um what chap said i think it's um just review 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 look at your numbers daily weekly monthly don't wait until a stock take in the month you know the the cow's been fattened up and that's when you're weighing it it needs to be looked at while you're fattening up the cow it's it's you've got to constantly know your numbers inside and out across all the key lines but obviously your wages and your food it's what we've done for years, isn't it? You know, it's what we do operators. We look at all our margins and they're getting squeezed and squeezed and we've just got to manage it much more closely than we ever have done. And also talk to your teams, involve all your teams. They're there, they're there to, to run the pubs for you as well. But more than ever, you know, consistency, consistency and standards um, have to be what we're about um, to, to, to get our customers to come to us. And don't be afraid to nibble your prices. As- as well you know it's not just drastic increases we're going to put a burger up five quid just it's 50p here and there every few weeks isn't it and that's where you know your customers may not notice it so much mm. um and and be braver with it i think sometimes when you look at it from the inside out or the outside in we go oh god we we'll have put our, put our fish and chips up another 75p isn't that a massive most customers come into your pub could come and tell you what your fish and chips is anyway. Yeah. You yeah.
0: know, I think, largely. Um, so we're, we're Historically, we're very sort of averse to price increase. We always have been in the sector, and there's always that sort of fear, you know, if I put 10 on my pint, then Dave's going to go to the pub down the road. And I think everyone's in the same boat. No one's going to be able to avoid doing this. And ultimately, yeah. you know, it, it, it won't be as bad as we think it's going to be by, by upping those, yeah. uh, like I say, those yeah. small increases. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, Brilliant. Okay guys, well that is all we got time for, but thank you very thank much you. for that. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Very much. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're now talking to this year's winners of the Licensee of the Year Award, Nick and Amanda Hemming. So welcome and congratulations, guys. Thank wow. you very much. You. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I mean, <laughs> gets me out of the kitchen for an hour. <laughs> that's, that's always a good thing, so particularly on a hot <laughs> day like today as well. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a bit muggy in there this morning. I bet, I bet. So, I mean, what what makes you guys stand out, do you think? What makes you uh, winners of the licensee of the year?
3: We're still trying to get a head around it, to be <laughs> honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, we We just do our thing, you know, the strategy in terms of, you know, believing in. A good food offer, great service, training youngsters uh, and just making sure that's going through from start to finish, from the greet all the way till the end till somebody leaves. You know, but I'm sure there's lots of people doing that. Um, but we've stuck with that strategy since day one. It's not been easy, you know, but to actually be recognised by what we're doing, you know, by industry leading experts. Been, you know, like we said from the beginning, it's been really overwhelming.
0: Mm. And it's quite a quite a tough award to witness lots of uh, stages in the process and judging. I mean how how did you find it all?
3: Well, I thought the first stages was, you know, pretty straightforward. You know, we want we want people to judge us from what we do, and the only way you can judge us is by coming in. You can't judge us by a vote, you know, you've you've got to come in and witness for yourself. So the mystery visit program's really crucial for this. You know, um so we was all you know was for you pretty much nailed it in terms of what you thought from that we knew what we were going to short them
9: we, we kind of do our own assessments throughout the, the year anyway with what works what doesn't making the business as slick as possible so mm. that there's you know pinch points or there's certain delays in any areas but it's, it makes you assess your business um comb through it you know making sure that, that i iron out any lumps and bumps that sort of thing so it was a real eye-opener for anything that we'd missed but also uh, you know quite pleasing to know that we'd ticked a lot of the boxes throughout anyway so yeah it was um it was a good process a really good process i'd recommend it to anybody actually
0: fantastic and i mean how are you finally trade at the moment what's uh what's sort of uh, keeping you up at night at the moment
9: um <laughs> trade's good trade is good um we're we're a coastal location so we have the views over the river so we are weather dependent so when those rainy days come in the trade does dip slightly so we have to be careful obviously but generally on the whole this time of year is good the trade is good and I think the award has um it is he helped definitely people are coming in and if they haven't been to us for a while they're kind of thinking oh we've been down there for a while or they're coming to have a look because of the award or they're coming because of the award and they love it that much they come every week or so either way it's had really really good success for us mm. since the award's been announced um long may it continue
3: mm, so but on the flip side of that of comes the other challenges you know yes. i've literally just put the um the book down and i've about to increase menu prices, you know, food costs. You know, they're, go- they're going, that's not fair. You're drinking a beer and I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to do it surreptitiously off camera so you yeah, can't see it. I like uh, it. Uh, you do that with the last 10 as well. Was,
8: yeah,
0: I'll you take my uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
3: So we, we, we've had to increase our prices. We don't like doing it, you know, but there's certain things you can't swallow in the business, you know. Um, Food prices is one of them. If we're not hitting our margin, you know, there's two things we can do. You know, we either take a how, hit it or how much have you increased your food you know, prices
1: by. by? How much have you, on average, had to increase your food prices by? So, say that again, sorry. How much, on average, have you had to increase your food prices by? What sort of percentage <laughs> are you looking at?
3: Yeah, I'd probably say about between eight and ten. Not huge. Okay. Yeah, and not on everything, you know. But so long as I've got a good sales mix that balances it out. You know, because I don't want to take things off the menu. You know, I'll give you an example. Crab. Crab's now become unsustainable in Cornwall to have on your menu. It's too expensive for me to put on the menu. Yeah, it's landed, cooked, picked, and um, shipped from Newlyn, which is 11 miles away. Really? But the cost of it now has gone so high, it would make a crab sandwich at about £25. And I'm not prepared to do that.
1: Yeah that's, I that's mean, quite, you but, but, but you, what do you pay like what would you be paid for a dress crab then for example
3: just dress crabs we're paid about seven pound at the Jesus. moment the cost price. Hmm. yeah wow. and that's and that's and that's a 7030 you should have a, on yeah, that. I
1: have a word to Tim at Portland i pay 425
3: really yeah you see it's, it's crazy down there well there's only one main supply of crab into the southwest okay. and these are the guys that own the boats I've had plenty of, you know, unpleasant yeah. conversations with them, but they're actually shipping more crab out to China, live crab, and getting a higher price for the crab in China than they are... Well,
1: that's why they're doing it then, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And that's bonkers, because the Chinese will buy it in bulk, they'll cook it, pick it, because they've got the facility to do it, they'll freeze it, pasteurise it, freeze it, it's shipped back to Cornwall, you know, and then we're paying you know, a higher end price for it as well. Mm. So... And they're blaming costs. They're blaming
1: the profiteering fuel prices. Aren't they,
3: really, over the last three years, um, the, a lot of the Eastern Europeans that was working in these facilities don't work there now. So the labour side of it's affected. You know, so at the moment we've had to remove it. Cod prices are the same. You know, they've they, they've just shot up in price. So uh, although we're getting a good price, I'm having to creep my prices up. So my high, one of my highest selling items, doesn't damage the, you know, the overall GP. That's what we're doing. It's a balancing act. And, and
0: when you've increased your price, how how are people reacting? What's what's been the uh, response? You know, we,
3: we, we've never had an issue with price increases. You know, we'd rather I'd rather creep the prices up and get the margin that we're, we're only asking for sixty six. I'll be completely honest with you with it. Um, we get a little bit more from our specials, but I can either you know compromise quality or mm. ensure we gain the right. Product for what we're trying to achieve, you know, and the customer will pay for it. It's all about premiumisation, and Amanda, you you match the wines accordingly, don't you?
9: Yeah, drinks have always got to go with it. You know, you um, it's a balance and act like Nick says throughout out the board. But it's also given the right drink with the right product, and you know, nice wines, nice cocktails, good coffee, um, all of that's got to go with it. The gins, the rums, um, everything that's on trend at the moment, you've got to keep up to date with it, and you know, give people what they what they want. And make sure it's reasonably priced at the same time. So we have to be careful. We don't want to price ourselves out the market, but we also need to remain, you know, sustainable ourselves. So yeah. yeah,
3: when we benchmark that from competitors, we're still we're still not charging some what some of our competitors are charging on our menus. And some of these are city centre locations. You know, not quite the you know the area that we've got. But if we're going to charge a fair price for a premium product they're going to come back in winter and that yeah. and that's mm-hmm. the most crucial thing about it mm-hmm. if you hike prices up in summer you know the locals think you're doing that just to capitalize on the, the you know the tourism yeah. Yeah. but, trade I, but part of own. me is
1: almost thinking if all your competitors are uh, more expensive than you and you've got a better location and you've got a obviously yes. clearly better product i think like it's okay um, to put the better. prices up because You've got to remain in business, and if they really like what you do, they're going to come back in winter anyway. I, yeah, like, this, I wouldn't be too them. Yeah. yeah, I'd just be like, That's this is a- the price, screw. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've,
3: I've, I've done that today, and, and it really hurts me to do it. I don't enjoy yeah, doing but it's it. Yeah, just because you're you too know.
1: close to the product, you know what I mean? If you're a manager... We're the
3: same, though. Eh? Yeah, I we're mean, very see, much the same, look
1: but if you work for someone, they'll just tell you put the prices up, and be like that, but you guys take it really personally. I think you've just got to take a step back and just get weighed in and just go you know what this is yeah, what you yeah. do well
0: we were saying earlier weren't we you know, it's an industry we're quite scared of those pricing yeah. we think people are going to react so negatively because we take it
1: personally because we look at them they, they think yeah. they're judging us mm. I think like this is the price yeah. now yeah. if you want it buy it if you've got a good product they'll come back
3: yeah, well, and, and that's what's happening. You know, we have got the reputation where people, you know, not, well, I don't, well, I'm in the kitchen most of the time, but, you know, people don't question the price. I think
9: people do expect it, and and the price rises have, have happened across the board, not just in hospitality, so people expect it. We just need to make sure that when we're putting those prices up, that, that they get the best quality, the best mm. service, the best drinks, you know, the standards of the pub are... Always high, so we've got to. You can't put prices up and then expect you know people to just accept it without the standards in place. So, yeah, it, the BII it. awards was kind of you know a real acknowledgement to the fact that the standards are high throughout, it's not just about the food or, it's nice or the environment, it's, it's everything from start to finish. So, mm. the a price nice
0: affirmation food. on top that, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, absolutely. Mm. So, so, so it's, it's
9: a more comfortable way of putting the prices up for us because it is personal to us, it's our business. Yeah. It? Don't want to. Put prices up unnecessarily. So yeah, it confirms that we need to do the right thing.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh, it's James, here, just um, congratulations, obviously, on winning the award. Just for those that um, people that might be looking next year to enter, um, I guess it'd be really helpful to hear from your words. You know, your words, just what the process was like and what you had to go through to take the crown. <laughs>
9: um, they, they judged throughout, so it's a sort of a good few months worth of process that um, you had. You were. Uh, uh, submitted or, or um, suggested by we were suggested by the brewery to go for the award, which we did. Um, the first part is making sure that your five star EHO scores on the doors. Um, obviously you have to be part of the BAI licensee programme. Um, there's Um, lots of tick boxes, simple tick boxes that you have to go through to begin with and that is, like Nick said, mystery visits making sure your highest score is on mystery visits Um, you have to be adhering to all licensed laws um, within the premises Um, but then the final part is all about um, it's sort of broken down into categories and that is people management, not necessarily customers but much more for staff how you look after the staff, how you retain staff, how you train them um, their staff welfare especially in the current climate following COVID Um it's all also to do with the customer journey. How does the customer see your business? How easy is it for them to use things like booking systems? Or how easy is it for them to have allergens um, acknowledged and dealt with? And how safe do they feel when they're dining with us? How do we market our business in the current climate? Um, and a lot of the time people expect marketing is done through um Expensive channels, you know, TV, um, news, things like that. But actually, ours is more about getting out there in the in the public eye. Um, Nick does a lot of cooking demos through local um, sort of farmers' markets or food shows, shows
3: festivals. celebrity shows.
9: So we're out there with our team, um, talking about ourselves, talking about where we buy our food from, supporting our local businesses in terms of fish, meat, veg suppliers. Um, so it's a whole package, um, and it's acknowledging where we need to offer. The best that we can and also the, the areas that that we believe we stick to and um, for example one of the reasons one of the questions in the mystery visit report was do you have advertisement outside of the local pub outside of your business and and we don't we're in an area about standard natural beauty so we don't have banners and a boards and things like that so we fell short on that score but we we did for a reason you know um so it's it's sticking to your guns and believing in what your business is um and yeah and luckily they saw they saw that actually we we believe in what we do um, we're passionate about it and um and it came it came our way which was wonderful
3: i think the the final bit of that uh, at sky hq uh, it is broken to three different sections so people um Customer and financial. So, with the financial side of it, can be uncomfortable, you know, because they are delving into your finances mm. and they will ask questions. Mm. And I would just say to anyone that's going to enter that um, high stakes yeah, that's just right. make sure you, you're all over your figures, you know, because you, you can't blag these experts. You know, it's black and white. So, um, and that was a little bit uncomfortable because we own the business and we're not used to people asking those questions. Fortunately, you know the business does well; it's very profitable. You know we are looking for second businesses. You know we do own a farm shop as well. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, that that bit I would say can take people by surprise. But just Absolutely. just know, if you know your business, you'll know your figures.
0: Brilliant, good stuff. Uh, Heath, you wouldn't want that, would you? People nosing in your finances. that was a VAT audit yeah. recently. Yeah.
1: I don't want any more. Don't yeah, anybody good. else <laughs> looking at me? They, they'd be asking <laughs> questions. No, you're
0: doing day time day. with dignity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, <time> yes. served. <laughs> guys, thank you very much. That is all we got time for. But thank you for that, no and, and once again, congratulations. Thank,
3: thank you, very. We'll see you soon. Take it easy. All the best. Cheers.
0: You're listening to the Lock In podcast with myself, Ed Bennington. Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're at the end of this season of the podcast and we're ending on a cheerful note, focusing on the shit that's coming down the road. That said, it's not all doom and gloom and we're seeing new people still willing to step up and take on pubs. So are they insane? We've got one such operator joining us now, hospitality veteran Dave Strauss, who's about to take on a new site in London. So Dave, are you mad? Are you a veteran was what I was going to say. Well, uh, I could do that. That's what he described Well, That was the the nicest (laughs) description. that Heath gave of Dave, 37.
10: He so. just doesn't moisturise. Unbelievable. Everyone else got so much more respect on this podcast. They? No, and, and I've just been asked a sensible question.
0: <laughs> it was a sensible question.
10: Look, I'm, the, I'm here to be optimistic. I, obviously, you know the, the, the industry is in dire need of optimism, cheerfulness, yes. and that's when you, you know, that's when I'm at my,
0: you know, my my, you're, my strength. You're the counter to Heath. yin to He's right.
1: more grumpy yeah. than me,
0: and that takes us that to that doing. it really?
1: Go and read his tweets.
2: Let's <laughs> oh, just. That's just off. No, the, the highlight, the highlight, yes. the, the, the funniest thing. I,
10: when you fell over again to the bus.
1: Leave
2: them alone. let's do this. Talk you, seriously. You know was your old win, wasn't
10: it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was running for a bus with all my Marks and Spencer shopping in Tottenham, so I stood out anyhow. <laughs> and uh, and I, I took a header over, and it's like. And I was so embarrassed, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I realised that everyone was really concerned about me because I'm so old. He's got <laughs> a hip. They, they weren't going to laugh about the fact that I'm sprawled all over the place with my extra virgin olive oil and burrata. <laughs> it, it,
6: it's,
10: it's, it's
0: moments In, it like that where you, where you have to face reality. You're no longer young when oh, people show it. concern um, my my rather Rinello, Rinello than pointing a laughing. Like, yeah. <laughs> my comp things has Anybody's? It my comp was like, day? yeah,
10: seventh round, seven sisters' rope. <laughs> <laughs> so, returning to the question, yeah, point yeah.
0: by the digression, oh, nice. are you mad? <laughs> why, why are you coming? Why, why are you looking to take I, on a pub? I've got now? to do something. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, I mean...
10: I'm at that sort of age. I've got ten years left. Luckily, if ever, if it all goes well, I got ten years, and I got. Is that got, terrible, you went, work? I'm like, got, Well, hopefully, both. <laughs> but um, I tell you what, this is the new poster boy
2: for <laughs> I've got to do something. I've got to do something. i have
10: got to die in ten years, right? And um, you know, so it's you know, I've done a lot of multi-site restaurant work, which. I've got to the point where I'm not really enjoying that very much. Yeah. And I had a chat with them, so. Uh Henry Harris, who I don't know if people remember, used to run Racine and has done a lot of work with Hong Kong inns. But you know, he's actually a year older yeah. than me, so I'm. So he's got nine on, years. Yeah, he's got <laughs> nine <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> nine good years. So. Yeah. So I'm amazed. My maths. have <laughs> yeah. um, to visit eight-year-old. It's quite something. But we're so. at, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're having a chat at the Dartmouth Food Festival, um, and we were talking about what we were going to do, and we were both saying the same things that we didn't want to go back and do rollouts for other people again. Like it's pre-soulless. Um, mm. it, rarely works tremendously well and we were both saying that we wanted to do something really sort of special like we wanted you know we in, in the past we've been involved in special things we've been involved in things that haven't worked you know but what you, you know what you really want is that that moment where it all comes together that's the drug that keeps us all doing what we you know this thing and um so we were, we were both talking exactly the same language um and then I tried to get him to move down to Brighton um, he, he couldn't do it with the family and so one of the people that said they were going to back us was like Dave, you know, Henry wants to do the kitchen you want to do the front of the house get your ass up to London and yeah. so that's what, we're, that's, that's what we're going to do if, it, if, it, if the deal goes through then Henry's going to cook every day I'm going to work floor every day
0: so tell, tell us a bit about the business. What, what are you? I, I don't. You probably can't name the pub or anything like that. But what, what are you looking to do? What's what's uh, what's going to make this stand out, do you think?
10: Um, you know, Henry. We've got a dining room on the first floor, about forty covers, um, which is a nice sized dining room. Um, and then downstairs, probably eighty cover, normal pub, whatever a normal pub is. Yeah. You know, we haven't got enough money to to tie it up to make it a really nice gastro pub sort of thing but there's plenty of those in London yeah. if you want it yeah. if you want those um, but you know Henry cooks brilliant food yeah. Henry Henry Harris cooks brilliant food So up, you know, upstairs will be a 40-seat restaurant where Henry's cooking for you, Mm -hmm. and I'll shuffle around the dining room and open a few bottles of wine,
1: dispense some good, (laughs) good humor. And what sort of foods are you going to do? Is he just going to do like? classic French nice but, Racine style yeah, yeah Racine
10: style but not quite as um, I think Henry wanted to dial it back you know Racine was quite polished it was in Knightsbridge. Nice mm-hmm. it was white tablecloth so it was a yeah, yeah. um I think he wanted you know we're going to do a Bouchon Racine which Bouchon is less, the Lyonnais style you know local restaurant um, so just slightly more casual yeah. but again you know how many how many dining rooms do you go to where the the, the you know the owner actually cooks you know and and cooks like
0: henry mm, yeah mm, mm. so when you when you envisage this and you sort of start drawing up when how, how far back are we going with the what's the uh... well we we chatted in october
10: at food fest and i was still working for mitch down in rockfish but i knew really that you know traveling from brighton and and that sort of thing i, I knew i was coming to the end of it and i had spoken to mitch about it um so it's been since october that we've been okay. sort of you know, so yeah, it's it's dragged. Yeah. But then you know we've had a. do we have a lockdown? Yeah, we had another. We, we've now. had a few lockdowns. I you, think, know, you know, um, one or two. But yeah, it's. Uh, you know, you say what you you know you you've got to do something, but you know we're all sitting here working with theories about what's going to happen, and you know one of the theories is is that, you know. Owner-operated might be the way to go for a little while. It, mm. You know, it's you're going to have to graft. Everybody knows that. You mm. know? We all remember Heath opening his pub and cooking. You know, doing pig roast outside, and he might have to go back to doing that type of work again. You know, Mate, but
1: I've got a machine if you want it.
10: <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> I'm not using it. Whatever we'll word. Yeah. So I mean, you're not phased by by the the, the challenge ahead. I mean, no, like I say, so you phased by the challenge. <laughs>
10: <'Cause> are you <laughs> regressing now, or are you? Uh... Yeah, because you know that after about three weeks, it's like gonna be the worst idea I've ever had, and I've had some really shit ideas. But this, will, you know, I know like that coming uh, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really like. It. Yeah, because the great thing about multi-site restaurants, you know, and people that employed me before probably realise is you can just wander around and no one really knows what you're doing mm. you know you can go yeah. days without actually doing a, a little like, stroke yeah, of work right. yeah. yeah yeah, multi-site you know practice yeah, you know, it, it, it hides a multitude of sins. Yeah. Whereas this won't, like, yeah, you know, yeah. if if it's shit, it's it will be my fault. Well, I'll blame oh, you. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well. Without food, what chance?
1: service brilliant. Uh, yeah. So you do like a lunch and dinner split. You know, lunch from twelve to three, dinner from six to ten, whatever. And then the pub downstairs will just run a bar menu. You I like think go, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's probably
10: you know. You, that makes the most sense yeah. doesn't it like all day it sounds dining sounds like the plans are solid yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just asking, so, yeah I'm so. asking questions has anyone ever had a conversation with Henry uh, I had a chat with him on the phone yeah so plans <laughs> plans
0: <laughs> <laughs>
10: go all over the place but you know it, the menus look great and uh, you know it, it, there aren't many dining rooms I don't think like that left, you know maybe
0: Neil mm. like at the French yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going for a bit of a double whammy. You're opening a new pub in the teeth of probably what is the worst recession potentially that, that we've recession seen for a quite a while. Are saying that well, It's getting like, It's looking like that, isn't it? Um, you're also city centre, uh, yeah, where everyone's <laughs> working from home. Um, Jesus, <laughs> you take, take, the, take the, the gun guests. away from him, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, what, are, are these are these things you're factoring in, or are you just being well, very it? optimistic and? and it is a punt, mm. you know, with the last
10: remaining bit of money I've got in the bank. You so, seem yeah, like it, a shit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, cheers. <laughs> you know.
4: Um,
10: I, I think the the working from home, no one really knows, do they? It's no. like, you know, that at some point the government's going to try and force people back into the city centres because otherwise yeah, society yeah. ends. Um, the We need the rail strike to end before we open because mm-hmm. that will, you know. Um, in terms of opening, I mean, I, we we opened Goodman two thousand eight, like a month after the recession. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Oh, one, yeah, And it was like, you know, the great thing is, is that, you know, the people that will really suffer now, people that have been making profits, and their profits are going to decrease. You know, yeah. so that whatever you budget, you know, if you're on hundred k a year, life was good. You're now going to make seventy five. Mm. Or if you're know if you lucky but that's a big chunk of money like right? if, you, yeah. if, ho- if your car payment is based on 100k and your kids are going to a private school you know and so opening now you know it is what it is it's like, yeah. I mean it's not going to be disappointing because we've got no real he's
1: a chef though most pubs don't have chefs yeah. anymore I know <laughs> <yeah.
10: It's laughs> not <always laughs> motivated to make it great yeah exactly yeah, yeah. not um, looking to be torn away for another pound an hour yeah right. exactly I mean yeah I mean that does you know one of the well, things well unless you're
0: tempting so
2: yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right though, don't you? you say owner-operators working the floor and
0: mm, yeah. integrity. You've got in more control. And I guess the, the, the area of London, York, there is, there's a fair amount of um, chimney pots, people actually living around that area, isn't there? It's, you're not entirely
10: relying on the office crowd. And, and like, we know, I mean, we all talk to people, don't we? There are some people that are still making a lot of money and it tends to be high-end at the moment. There's, you know, like there are some fully booked out restaurants yeah. um, in London yeah. that you still can't get into yeah. and people are going in there and hammering, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not just, you know, it's not just your, your Novikovs or your Beasts or, you know, which deal with mainly sort of outside of London money. It is, you know, upper middle class restaurants where people are going in and, and doing 90 quid a head at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, not not saying that, but, but there is... A fair amount of sort of optimism at, at that range, mid-level. I, I struggle to see how you make it work. Mm-hmm. And lower level, le- shit
2: fighting there. Mm-hmm. Well, people I, I, are
10: still spending good money.
2: Just need to get it to your place, do you know.
10: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how do you sort of get your, you, you know, all your, you know, we're always looking for a formula, aren't we? We're always looking for a formula where labour drop, you know, it used to be thirty, thirty, thirty. That that was what it was, thirty percent, you know. Well, that's gone out the window now because. Mm-hmm. You know, you, then your prices are too high for your, your customer, get 30% labour now without an owner operator I don't even know how you do it but yeah. you will be short, you'll be short staffed you know that level of that high street level of service that we all got used to at 20 quid ahead has gone I think, it mm-hmm. went with the Brexit mm-hmm. it went with people you, you will get good service yeah, at posh yeah. restaurants and you'll be ordering you off apps at yeah. that other thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I went to McDonald's on Sunday, and it's like it works perfectly, doesn't it? You order,
0: you order off that oh, screen. With all those quick service, right? I mean, like, yeah, the screens. I mean, they've cut. Must have cut that. to uh, on it. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, But yeah. they must have cut you that labour yeah. cost. Usually, like. I mean, we went to Itsu earlier, and mm. you know, it's it's what, one guy in the kitchen and one guy sort of chucking the food out, and yeah, know, minimal cost. You know, yeah. Cost, so. Yeah, but that mid. Yeah, the, yeah It's, it's the squeezed it's a middle It's the squeeze middle yeah. yeah If you're in Highgate You're
7: alright Yeah well,
0: Exactly
10: yeah. You know yeah. board board of Highgate Nothing yeah. to see here Move along Move along <laughs> Yeah Knee deep and whisper an angel mm
1: ultimate Provence record <laughs> oh
10: okay fair enough it's <laughs> a whispering age yeah. we are coming with another offer that's right yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's all and, a lot of money and, baby and it, take him an all he, the day. he's open to offers folks <laughs> okay. right uh, I'm afraid on that note no, we are going to have to uh, we're going to have to end this because um, uh, James asked a question the last one that uh, took us way over the list but uh, thank you very much wow. Dave lovely thank you really um, appreciate you coming luck, in and enjoying yourself I'm back like in good. six
10: months when I'm oh, yeah, unemployed again we can do a follow up yeah. absolutely <laughs> we'll do it
0: in the pub we'll come to the pub we'll yeah, record there Get Henry on, perfect. So yeah, yeah like, so how's it going? I,
2: can I just say at the end of the series, both Heath and I would like to thank you for being so professional and such a brilliant host. Thank we you. did, you, liked did you did well, you yeah, did yeah,
1: well yeah, today. Like yeah. it only took us half an hour to find out the Wi-Fi <laughs> password to the, Well, look,
0: the I mean, we've still got the wrap up that you can torment oh, and I've I've the piss out So, okay. uh, thank you very much. Ah oh, shit. You're listening to the Lock In podcast and we are at the end of uh, this uh, episode and also the season, I'm afraid. So um, James and Heath are gonna take the summer off, uh, put their feet up, relax, do bugger all, I suspect. Uh,
1: it's called work it. There's only like well, let's be honest, we've only got a couple of months left, and then we're into winter, and then it's doom and gloom, the end of the world. Well I mean rising the, the, energy
0: bills. Well, yes, yeah. Well this is this is what we've well, been talking about in this the one. Of the coats on. We'll go and see David as candle at I was gonna say candles rather <laughs> than the rather than lights. It's uh, I mean we have we, we've heard a lot of different thoughts of people. Um you know Kate's quite optimistic. The the trader guys hey, are quite optimistic, Kate and Steve. Other operators, you know they've they they see the challenges but they're not I'm um, people seem quite quite sort of up for it. Dave is opening a pump in the teeth of all this. Um, I did my best to try and. I'd rather be pessimistic
1: than optimist, mate. I'd rather. Then you'd be surprised and, and enjoy it. Yeah, like upside. exactly. I think I think we're in for a shit fight, and I think it's easy for Kate and Steve to say that because they don't run pub businesses and I understand they understand that but, but well they're you, relying on pub businesses yeah. you all go that. but, on, we, you. but you, we, when you're there and you're behind and you're in the, the breach every day and you're serving customers and you're having to deal with energy bills and pay wages and staff and all that and everything's going up it's, it's, it's fucking hard to be optimistic mm. you know what I mean because it's coming at you every time you turn around it's like you open another envelope and it's like oh great got to pay that and then that's coming through and then all it is is a constant barrage from suppliers saying prices are going up mm. and you know you've got to take your customers I mean, on that journey I, and, I think when you are in it every day, I can imagine that. Um, when's your next holiday? Oh, no, well, no, well, it's not really a holiday. This one, it's roads with the family. I've got that's going to be a terrible one. That one, that's one of those all inclusive shit fights. Excellent. Uh, I've got to go and visit a mate, he's got a house, yep. he's renting a house in France. I'm going to do that for a bit. Yeah, it's tough. it. It's, it's hard. It's hard being here.
0: <laughs> um, I think it's a great opportunity. And he takes the piss out of it. No, no. Yeah, I've got he, he does. I think I did. Oh,
2: you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. Um, I think there's a great opportunity here to unite the trade. Mm. To actually speak yeah. as one voice. If we do it, if we've got the bollocks to do it, and I think we need someone to stand up and call it. Mick Lynch. Why
4: Mick are you Lynch. looking at
2: me? Well, mm. well, no, you're ineffective. We know that. We saw it
1: through lockdown. Jesus it. James. You're a
2: chance to <laughs> you, you are right. Prick. There's an opportunity
1: no. here. That we're, all, we're all feeling the pinch. There's an opportunity here for someone to step forward and say, you know what, enough's enough. But we need like almost like a trade unionist to do that. Like, we, do, like, yeah, we, yeah. we can't be playing we'll nice with the government. Forming your anymore. own union then.
2: Oh. we're trying to keep the place, places going but he's, not, these, he's on holiday but, all the time No, I think this yeah. is where Kate's got a great opportunity I think the trader waiting to be told what we need to do yeah. and we'll because back I think it. we're actually quite powerful as a group but we need to read the room you need to get hold of people open and say really okay you're getting loads of private money coming in and that's keeping you going but actually if the music stops where are you really and we all need to get one voice and get stuck into it and it's great having recruitment
1: campaigns yeah, but it's no point other... it if, your, if your pubs are shut yeah but there's, no... there's also a fucking joke like we're talking about oh, how we're going to do a recruitment issue guys we didn't have a recruitment issue pre-Brexit no. Oh, was just and, a and so what are we going to do now we're going to open up what are we going to do we're going to bring people from where it's going to take years for them to find out a policy that we can do that there's not enough people Don't coming to the country I wasn't going to say Ukraine I was going to say New Zealand or Australia they're talking about that but when I came over in the 90s we we came and got pub jobs the guys back home yeah. now and the girls they, they go they and go to university standards now but they well. go to university they mm-hmm. get a degree in finance and so they come over and work for a bit and leave yeah. we, we need we need like labour to come in and people who want to work in hospitality we we're trying, we're trying to do the Korea thing, and it doesn't work in this country. Sorry, Korea or? It, uh, no, North Korea. North Korea. Right, yeah, but We're right. trying to do that, but it doesn't work but, in this country. The no, Korean hospitality no. isn't looked upon as no, a good thing. a rare career. bird, yeah. Exactly. Greg. Which means you have to attract
2: them. Then you're competing against the likes of Amazon and Tesco and people like that. Just, you just we we just wait just wait do you not think
0: that? I mean, the, the, the Amazon thing. You know, We've seen people go, oh, you know, I can get £16 pounds an hour working at Amazon. Mm-hmm. But that's working a warehouse. In a really unpleasant
1: environment. Yeah, but, it? That
2: but care about careers. No,
1: but, right right but also, mm. but you say that, but then you go and work in a shit pub group, and yes. there's no difference, mate. Working there, told what you... Oh, no, you're not getting service charged. Yeah, you're not getting service Yeah, You are not getting service charge. you do not get your staff food. You don't get looked after, and you're just a number in those Which is companies. what we've got to address. And you've got Absolutely. to work weekends, and you've got to work nights. So what's talk, the point? Why not go work at you Amazon? Yeah, put your headphones at Amazon, pack some parcels, go home, have a sleep. Mm. Why would there's you come work at a pub? And come and work at a pub and deal with pricks who talk to you like a piece of shit because you work in hospitality. That's the problem you've got. Why is he looking at you, James? No, but it's the problem we've got. We get talked to you like shit because we work in hospitality. We're dumb. And that's a big problem we're going to have to change culturally. Mm. Respect the staff who work in hospitality. Mm. We wanted a crescendo to finish on that. Well, we I there? mean, yeah. It's
0: a, the, he hasn't ranted to the matter how the government hates us. and which I suppose it's something... There's no yeah, point even so. saying
1: they hate us because they, they're too busy touching each other up, aren't they? <laughs> they haven't got time to hate us. Oh my God! What did you do, Jeffrey? I'm really sorry. I heard you. A pinch. Oh, ha, ha. Bury this one Bury this one. Right. How many kids you got, Boris? I have no idea.
0: Please, I, I've got the mute button. I should probably use yeah. it, really, shouldn't I? So, thank you for that, Heath. Um, maybe some editing required uh, in there. So, um, predictions. Then,
1: come on. Uh, we're, I think we're we'll gonna get be off for a bit. VAT at seventeen and a half percent. If we're lucky, twelve and a half would be amazing. But we're dreaming. Seventeen and a half percent probably be only till the end of the year. Business rates we're dreaming. They'll they'll kick that to the long grass. Uh, what else? Well, we're not going to get any more labour from anywhere else in the world. Uh, we're going to have winter's going to be a write-off. Electricity and energy bills are going to be crazy. Uh, and, well, hard year ahead. Um, I don't know. We'll probably have a snap election because I'll Time will quit with something, and then yeah, we'll just be. A mess I'm not sure Keir Starmer quitting would cause no, a snap action. We're a mess I mean, so We're just a
2: miss.
5: Uh, I think uh, Mo Salah
2: will have a good year. I think he's signed a three-year deal. I think <laughs> Ukraine will probably resign to losing the Donbass area um, to Russia, and that will settle that down and we'll we'll all just and we'll get grain again move we'll on get, yeah. yeah we'll move on to business as usual forget that happened mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. America will keep us surprised with, you know, we'll see I mean that wasn't really a prediction I was asking for James but um, um, I think like, you'll talk about getting your bike out and doing some exercise
10: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I know one of those I'm things is quite likely
10: man in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> this is just a fat
2: <laughs> I story. haven't
0: done a fat joke on this you is, today this is my reveal at the end of the season
2: I'll take my fat suit off
0: <laughs> Please don't. There's only so much we can take. Anything right. else you'd like from me? No, I think I'll draw a line under that there. Because um, yeah. and when are we back? You know, when are we having, uh, how long does uh, it, it, it Uh Well, in the autumn, I for think. Our two customers. Uh, uh, well, for our two listeners. Yeah, I think it depends. Depends. I think autumn will be when well, we're so back. We, yeah. we can go. And I'm visit. keeping it vague because you never listen to anything. We go to pub.
1: Like we get's open. We should absolutely go there and
0: you know go check it out. It'd be great, yeah. It'd be nice to yeah.
1: see Dave busy, really. Mm. You know, nothing. <laughs> he turns up today. And he's drinking non-alcoholic beer because apparently all the days roll into one, and he's unemployed. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. there you go. Right, that is it. Sadly, for this season of the Lock In podcast, we will be back in the autumn. There you go. He, I told you we'd be back in When's autumn. When's autumn is that? Like August. It's it's pretty just some, no, no, that's, that's September, October time. Okay. Right? Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. just, just trying to plan um, my holidays. Yeah, I know. I did think that. So, uh, mainly, well, oddly enough, in my notes here, I've got so Heath can have another 16 holidays over the summer. I reckon uh, you've another know, four in, I reckon. You reckon? That's reckon. conservative for you. you reckon? Um, Depends on BA. Uh, so we will be back then talking all things pub so enjoy the break uh, we'll be back to discuss the challenges and opportunities down the line step to speed on all pub related news in the meantime stay tuned to themorningadvertiser.com and we hope you all manage to have a strong summer trade so good luck and goodbye for now and be the best version of yourself bless